This morning, we're celebrating our five-year anniversary as a church, which is a really, really big deal to us. Praise God for all that he has done. And so in light of that, we're going to do things a little bit differently uh, this morning. And we're just going to take some time here to kind of reminisce and tell some stories. I think it'll be kind of fun and uh, just laugh and maybe just lick each other's wounds and stuff, you know, uh, together. It's going to be kind of painful. Uh, no, I'm just joking. It'll be good. And so um, my wife tried to get out of it. She was screaming all weekend at the ladies' retreat so that she would lose her voice and show up this morning and say, see, I can't talk. I can't do it. And yet I said, no, you're still doing it. No, she didn't try to get out of it, but I uh, just know that she's talking like a dragon because she's... Uh, She's lost her voice on the retreat. And ladies, welcome back from the retreat. I uh, hope you guys had an awesome time. Heard a lot of good, good stories about what God did. And uh, so praise God for that. And uh, men, they're back. And so breathe a little bit. <laughs> we had a lot of macaroni this weekend. <laughs> and so when you come home, I'm telling you, it's going to look bad. It's a war, war zone at my house. But um, just really, really excited. We're going we're gonna to tell stories and talk a bit, and it's going to kind of be like The View. And so can we take a table vote and, uh, of, of everybody here? Who is, who is Whoopi Goldberg? Who's that going to be? Okay, she wants to be Candace, the sweet one. And all right, Ryan, you're Whoopi, man. All right. That's where she sits, right? I haven't seen the show. I don't know that. Facebook, maybe you're, I don't know. So um, anyhow, let me just open this up in a word of prayer, and we'll, uh, we'll share some stories and reminisce a little bit. Let's pray. God, thanks for the morning. Uh, thanks for your faithfulness to us. And thank you for the chance to sing to you. And as we sing words that aren't just melodies that are catchy, uh, but they really are desires of our hearts. And for some of us, maybe not the true desire of our heart, but maybe you're using those lyrics to, to recalibrate us a bit. And so thank you for that. And Lord, thank you for everybody who's here um, this morning, the church that you have built and the family that we've become. And we just want to take this time to give you credit and to, to, to reminisce on on your goodness. And so be honored in this time and strengthen your people as we share. And we commit this time to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. By way of introduction, I've already told you I'm Josh. This is my wife, Becky. And uh, sorry for being mean. Right when you come back, I'm mean to you, calling you a dragon. But she's, she's about the sweetest thing you'll ever meet. And uh, this is Pastor Ryan. And you've met him earlier and his wife, Krista. And so uh, they've been real instrumental in the the starting of this new church in Boston. So just grateful for you guys and excited to be up here uh, with you. And, and thanks for, for, for joining me up here. I know it's uh, maybe a little uncomfortable for some, but it'll be a good time together. Um, as we were just kind of thinking through what we would talk about, uh, one word just kept coming uh, to mind for us, and that's the word faithfulness. Uh, we just thought about the Lord's, the Lord's faithfulness. You know, the story of Charles River Church has been a story of the faithfulness of God to build his church and to bring people to himself and to glorify his name. And so I thought I'd start by just sharing a little bit about our calling uh, to start Charles River Church in these particular neighborhoods and, and kind of what that looked like. Uh, it's just undeniable that the Lord called our family to, to move into the city from Princeton, Massachusetts area and to start this church. And uh, one verse that God gave us as he was calling us uh, into the city was First Thessalonians 5.24. Uh, it says, faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And so we've been clinging to that verse dearly. Lord, you called us, and you're going to bring it to pass. You're, that's, that's the promise from your word, that you are faithful, and you're going you're gonna to build this church that you called us uh, to start. And so uh, 
back in 2008, uh, so this started long before five years ago, back in 2008, uh, as I said, we were serving at a church, Becky and I, uh, in Princeton, Massachusetts, Heritage Bible Chapel, an awesome church. God was just doing amazing things there. Uh, as I was kind of getting to know what God's doing around uh, New England, at the time, as far as we can tell, it was the fastest growing church in New England. And uh, God was just doing some incredible stuff, bringing people to himself. And we really thought we were going to be there for the rest of our lives. And so we actually built a house and uh, we're ready to go. And I'm telling you, it wasn't long after we built that house that God started to do something in my heart about leaving the house and, and getting into uh, the city. And, and the way it looked for me is Becky and I would go into Boston quite a bit for, uh, you know, a Red Sox game or a swanky date night. And uh, we'd go into the city, and for me, something just started to happen in my heart and started getting kind of heavy and feeling kind of weird. And so, you know, I'm not the type of person to get nervous based on, you know, being in an urban environment or anything like that. I wasn't scared of getting mugged or anything, but something was really feeling unsettled in my, in my heart. And I remember uh, telling my wife about it, and uh, she said, I don't know. We kind of talked through it, prayed through it a little bit. And I remember then, uh, shortly thereafter, reading Acts chapter 17. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, is in Athens. And it says that his spirit was provoked within him at the city full of idols. And then he did a great ministry work there. And so I said, that's it. I've read that so many times. But that's exactly what was happening in my heart. Is my spirit was being provoked within me at the idolatry of the city, at the institution of the church. People idolized the institution of the church, or maybe not Jesus himself. People idolized education. People idolized uh, success. People even idolized our uh, title town, our, our teams. And so uh, we said, no, they need to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. And so uh, we're really burdened for that. And so I came to Becky and said, I think I figured it out. And I think this is what's going on in my heart. And I, I told you, I think God is calling us to, to start a church in Boston. And so... Give, give us your reaction, if you would. Just tell us a little bit about what you were feeling when I said that. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> um, <clears throat> pardon my voice. Um, I thought he was crazy. I literally was like, we just built a house. We have a reliable income. Uh, we have lots of great friends. Um, this will pass. He's just, he's excited about something, but he's, it's not for real. He, you need to just calm down, and <laughs> we'll just keep going about life as normal. So obviously that wasn't the first time you said that or thought that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, to the point where we would go out on dates, and he'd bring it up, and we're like, Josh, don't ruin our night. No, <laughs> we're not talking about Boston, no. Um, but I thought it would be a good idea to maybe pray about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I started to pray about it, and God really did start to align our hearts, and it's amazing how he can take you from one extreme to the other and um, just have a united heart on something that God's called you to. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, at least being willing to pray about it and see how God <laughs> changed your heart. So I love that. And now she could honestly say there's nowhere else she'd rather be than right here in the city. Loves the neighborhoods, and uh, she's excited to be here. And yeah. so, um, so she's been on a ride and, and been a key player in this, so grateful uh, for her. But God was faithful, and uh, he, he made a way for us to get into the, the city. He sold our house at the bottom of the economy at a cash offer. Uh, it was just incredible, and uh, God really provided the way for us to, to get here. And so we got into uh, the city, or really started to see how we were going to begin to get into the city. But one of the things that was the prayer of our heart was that, uh, God, as we read the scriptures, it seems to be that the model for starting a church uh, is to, to do so with a team. 
And so we, we've thought about the Apostle Paul, and one thing we've talked about here many times is Acts chapter 16 has kind of been our model for starting this church. And so uh, Paul had a team. He had, uh, obviously, Timothy. He had Priscilla, Aquila. He had Barnabas at one point. He had Luke, his own personal team physician that came with him. And so God raised up a team for him, and we said, God, we want to we go with a team. That, that seems to be the biblical model, but we're not going to go recruit people and steal people uh, from other churches. We're just going to let you do Uh, which you do. And so lots of people started to come to us and say, you know, we're interested. We'd like to be a part of that. Or I know somebody in Boston uh, who's not been plugged into a church. And uh, uh, just amazing how God God did that. And uh, at the same time, uh, God connected us with Ryan and Krista, who we already kind of had a connection with because uh, you may or may not know this, but Ryan and I are strangely related. We're outlaws or something. Uh, So Krista is married. Well, Krista is married to Ryan, but (laughs) Krista's sister is married to Becky's brother, and so we kind of share nieces, or yeah, nieces, but uh, we see each other at family outings, but we're not actually related, but in the Lord, right? In the blood of Jesus. And so, so we're, we realized that they're going to seminary. Ryan reached out, and we connected, and the timing was amazing. So tell us a little bit about that season for you guys, where you were at in life and how we connected. Yeah, so uh, Chris and I were moving up to the North Shore, um, having no idea what the future was going to hold for us. But one thing we, we did know is that we needed to get plugged into uh, a, a good church. And um, so we started looking and uh, got into contact with Josh and realized they were planting a church here in Boston. And though it wasn't super close, just the prospect was really exciting to us. Uh, one of the big things, uh, one of the first memories I have of that time was we got invited out to Gardner Mass, actually to Andy and Mandy's house, who were over here. They were involved at the very beginning of the church, and there was a, a core group meeting. And um, I remember sitting in the group, this group, small group of people, talking about the potential of planting a church here in uh, West Roxbury, Roslindale, and they were all just so excited. And uh, you, you could just see the, 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 the fire and the passion in their eyes, and, and we just wanted a part of it and uh, we thought what, what an amazing opportunity to do something to help grow a church in this part of the world that so desperately needs one and um, we knew we we didn't know what we were getting into at all um, but by God's grace he just gave us a heart for it so that's sort of where it started for us yeah yeah you have any memories of just that that meeting at Andy and Mandy's house when we well, were praying and getting excited? Not on a spiritual level. I remember the meal that Andy made. That was like incredible. So that's how I knew I wanted to come. But um, <laughs> it was really cool because I never. I had been. I grew up in the same church as Becky. Had always gone to this large church for New England, um, where everything had already been. All the ministries were established, and everything looked really nice. And I, I had a picture of what church looked like. Um, And then here we are in a stranger's living room talking about planting a church in Boston. Um, And so we were on board. It's funny because what Ryan didn't say too is he knew it would be a tough transition for me leaving the church I grew up in to go to seminary. And so initially he was like thinking, let's kind of jump on board with this because it will make the transition for Krista easier. And it's cool how God just worked through that. Um, so after seminary, which we've shared a little bit, but we were kind of back at point A, it seemed, just like, all right, where do we go from here? Ryan had been interning. The church was still in um, the new stages and wasn't ready to take us on. And um, I was pregnant and just like what, like anyone coming out of college, just not sure what the next steps are. So 
we were desiring kind of the stage that Josh and Becky were leaving, um, just the stability, not to live in like a tiny seminary apartment, to like put on our big boy pants. And um, what we went for this walk one day on the North Shore because we were really just figuring things out. And we always like remember that walk because God was just what he desired for us was so clear after that. We are like, all right, Boston it is, support raising, move back in with your parents, have a baby. <laughs> um, and so it's been such a journey. Our journeys have looked really different, but it's so neat to see the how God has been faithful and how we're here. And um, there's challenges, of course. We all embark upon challenges, but the joy that we have being here, we all genuinely love the city and the community and the people that we are able to serve being a part of Charles River Church. Um, so it's just really neat to take the time and reflect back how God has been faithful. Yeah. Even during times we didn't realize he, um, or weren't aware that he knows truly what is better for us. Um, and so that's been a growing time just personally. Yeah, yeah. And so just God's faithfulness and, and seasons of uncertainty. Have you ever seen that in your own life? And uh, that's, that's really what we both uh, as couples went through. And I uh, just really, really love to give credit to the Lord for just how he has shown himself faithful when he, he calls you to step out and not fully know uh, what you're getting into. Um, so it's not so much a blind leap of faith because he, he has his word to show us. I, I've been faithful through the ages. And you don't know what it looks like on that side. But you also, you do know that I am faithful. And so trust me. And so you guys took that, that jump. Uh, one of the things that... Uh, we were trying to figure out in these early meetings of, of the church was where in Boston. You can't just say Boston. I mean, you really could close your eyes and just do that on a map. And in New England and in Boston in particular, they need a church there. Uh, we wanted to be kind of strategic with it. And so there were really three things that were really um, key for us in figuring out which neighborhood in Boston to land. One was we want to be in a neighborhood with the greatest need. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul says, I desire not to build uh, with his ministry on, on, on another man's foundation. And so we wanted to be sensitive. If there's a new church here, we don't want to plant next door to them. Let's be strategic. We're all on the same team, and so let's kind of spread ourselves out. So we wanted to be in a neighborhood that was of the greatest need. We wanted to be in a place where there were young families and young professionals who were laying down roots for the long haul. There's lots of young professionals in the city, but not many who are planning on really kind of making a life here if they can. And so we wanted to be in a place where people would be here for quite a while. Uh, we still experience crazy transients in this city. I mean, just the nature of the city, we see about a 25 to 30 percent turnover every year. So it's just kind of a revolving door. So in order to stay the same size and not shrink as a church, you've got to grow by 30 percent. So it's really challenging in the city. But we wanted to be where people were kind of laying down roots a little more for the long haul. And then the third piece of it is we wanted to be where there was a low-income housing development that we could really invest ourselves in. And uh, I had done some ministry in housing developments in Atlanta, and uh, it was kind of a here and then go back to school, and I'd go for the summer, and then go back to school, and the church never really continued the ministry. And so I always kind of wonder, what would it look like if a church invested for the long haul and didn't give up and didn't demand immediate fruit but kept working hard? And uh, so that was one thing. And we landed in uh, West Roxbury, Rosendale, Parkway, Boston. As we saw, there were lots of young families, lots of people laying down uh, their, their, their roots here. We saw that there was a tremendous need, and 70,000 people in 
uh, next to nothing in terms of just faithful gospel preaching, growing witness of churches. And then uh, we stumbled upon this uh, housing development that God just opened the door for us. And so we're just certain that this is where uh, God called us. And so we, we started to identify the neighborhood, moved into the neighborhood, and had to really uh, take some steps to, to connect with people and, and did all kinds of things to uh, connect with people. I, I have one uh, uh, memory of before we started to hold these uh, services, we, we were participating with uh, Rosendale Village Main Street Association, which is this community revitalization organization. They did this, uh, they did this Easter egg hunt. They do every year. Uh, but I guess the neighborhood had really been taking a, a turn for the better, and so lots of people showed up to this egg hunt, more than they were at all expecting. And so we showed up with a thousand plus beach balls. And that was a thing. We were the beach ball people in the early days of the church. And we had these beach balls that said, Charles River Church, kids will have a ball. And uh, so we were outside of the, the, the egg hunt perimeter. And they blew the whistle. Mayor Menino cut the ribbon. And uh, they blew the whistle. And the egg hunt started. And uh, within literally like 10 seconds, all the eggs were gone. Most of the kids didn't get any eggs because kids were rowdy or rough, and there just weren't enough eggs. And so kids were leaving with their parents, the egg hunt, sobbing. They were hysterical. And we said, you want a ball? (laughs) And their eyes lit up, and parents were, wow, thank you so much. And it was just pretty cool, you know, the the providential hand of the Lord, keeping kids from getting eggs and then us giving them a ball. And uh, that week, I I got a call from the Rosendale Village Main Street Association director saying, Thank you. You saved our tails with those, those beach balls. And it became a thing that we kept. I think we had three or four versions of those beach balls. Uh, and just every year is like a, a new vehicle. You know, we're releasing the new ball. And uh, somebody said, I was up in Waltham and saw one of the beach balls in somebody's yard. Like, You're kidding me. They're just all over the city. And uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. And, and so that was one thing, really trying to connect with community organizations like that. And we've become their, their number one source of, of just volunteers to serve. And we really want to be about the flourishing of uh, the, the community here. And so that was, that was really great. I also remember connecting with uh, uh, the Washington Beach Housing Development and uh, uh, Mina Carr. It, was, uh, it still is just kind of the, the resident grandmother, just great wisdom, and people just love her. And uh, so was able, by the grace of God, to connect with her. And I think I have a picture of that. Uh, we're in the community room here. And uh, I, as I was walking, I said, I met with her. And then as I left, I said, that lady's awesome. And I snapped a picture of her. She didn't even, you didn't even know I did it. But I, I snapped a picture of it. And, and I went home, and I remember on my computer I had that picture. And you might not know this, but I just started praying over that picture because they had just started. They had no programs at the time at going in this room. And so I just started praying, Lord, I just pray that we would be able to fill that room up with children and people who just hear the message of Jesus. And now to think about uh, Christina, Christina and Crystal and John and their, their amazing ministry, Kids Connect, that they lead, and how it's full one Saturday a month, just Full with kids learning the Bible. They've already gone through the Old Testament and now they're into the New Testament memorizing scripture and how God just answered that. We have Bible studies that happen there. We've done a lot of seminars there, uh, finance seminars and resume building seminars and God's just been faithful to connect us with the people there and it's just been, been really cool to see how God's given us inroads into the community to build relationships to then uh, share the reason for the hope uh, that we had and so God's just been good. And so we're now, you know, getting into the life of this church, and we're having worship services, and um, very few people, and a lot of work uh, setting up the West Roxbury High School is where we landed, uh, next to Home Depot, if you know where that is, and uh, we landed there, we were holding worship services, and uh, I think we have a picture of our very first worship gathering uh, that somebody snapped. 
And let's see if you can find this one. There we are. Very first worship gathering uh, in the West Roxbury High School. It was a pretty cool time. Had a lot of people, primarily family and friends. But then, <laughs> then week like two came. Yeah. Then week two came. And they weren't there because they just came to support us for week one. And it was really, really crazy and uh, setting up. And so, Becky, give me some of your memories of some of those early days having services in the West Roxbury High School. So I had just found out I was pregnant when we started meeting over there. And when I think back on my pregnancy with Nora, I think of wanting to pass out every Sunday afternoon. Because every Sunday morning, Mandy, a friend of ours who... You'll hear more about them later. But um, she and I would move these heavy science tables like across rooms and set up three separate classrooms for three separate age groups just in case some of those young families that we prayed about decided (laughs) to show up. And they didn't for a really long time. So it was exhausting setting that up just Really, from my own. You see kids. this empty classroom. You remember that working hard? It looks so cute. You guys should have come then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just a lot of work, um, and that was a challenging season for me to just trust, like this verse, um, knowing that God's called us and that He will bring this to pass, and to just keep, keep on keeping on um, in the early days, but. Um, the only reason we had Nora is because we were determined to fill up that classroom <laughs> one way or another, right? No. Uh, but um, I remember, um, well, first of all, going back, it was kind of emotional for us to take our kids, very emotional, to take our kids out of this really thriving children's ministry in the church that we left. And they loved going to church, and it was awesome and beautiful, and they had tons of friends, to now coming up to this cute but empty room to just have them play and listen to me tell them a Bible story. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it was all over the faces. Like, they were not really excited about this. And I was like, oh, God, like, I know this is what you want us to do, but how is this going to go well for my kids? And so we just started praying together. Um, Isaiah actually kind of initiated it, um, saying, like, am I ever going to have friends at church again? And I was like, yes, buddy, you're going to have friends. We need to just pray that God will bring um, some friends for you. So as a family, before bed, we started praying every night that God would bring friends for our kids um, and ultimately people to come to know and come to Christ. Um, And so sure enough, they started coming, and then he started praying more specifically that maybe a friend from school would come. And God answered that um, that prayer, and clearly God has continued answering that prayer and bringing lots and lots of kids, so. And then the, the one year that we had, within one year, we had, I think, 10 babies in the church, and one year, God just dropped something in the water, yeah. and then one week, we had three babies in one week, and I was just living at the hospital praying over babies and families. It was really exciting, and uh, so that, for, for me, was a season of just remembering, wow, God, you are, you are faithful to answer uh, the prayers and just specific prayers of uh, my wife and and uh, son and uh, Ryan and Crystal were praying at that point as well and uh, I remember uh, just a couple more things about that first building that we were in. I remember that's when we first started co- to connect with our primary college was that we were connecting with was Bentley uh, University in Waltham. Uh, Andy, we've already told you about Andy. You saw a picture of his wife up on the this screen there, and uh, Andy used to play ball for the the school. They both went there, and uh, there was a girl that was 
kind of a part of our youth ministry at the previous church who was moving out to college, kind of like Ryan, the same time. And so we started connecting there. Her name was Megan, and she quickly brought uh, her friend, um, Amelia and Andrew, and so Amelia and Andrew were our really early, you know, the early adopter theory. They were the early adopters. They believed in this when, when very few did and few were on board. And, and just to see now the, the ministry that we have to college students. Ryan, just walk us through just college students and the ministry to college students and kind of how that's, that's grown. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so from the very early days of the church, uh, it's been strongly on our hearts to minister to college students. Uh, we just recognized, even beyond the obvious, Boston is a, is a big college town. Uh, we recognize it's a time of life when um, you, you're so prone to go wayward. And uh, we wanted to be a church that, uh, rather than allowing students around us just to float away, we wanted to tether them to Christ. And that was very much our heart. Uh, so at the very beginning, uh, as Josh mentioned, Megan started coming, and Andrew, and Amelia, and... Um, to be quite honest, it wasn't a whole lot that we did as a church. It was just the movement of the Lord. And it was an amazing thing to see how he was just cultivating this incredible community of, of, among the believers at Bentley. And uh, Bentley grew, and, and they became just the core group of our students here at, at church. Now Babson is just as big and just as vibrant and robust. And uh, it, it's it's. It's been incredible to see how we prayed for students at the very beginning before we even had any students and how now God has given us a whole section of college students from all over the city. And we just pray, praise God for that. And uh, as a church for us, it's this incredible opportunity uh, to serve these guys and to love these guys and to encourage them and to point them to Christ over and over and over again and to help them survive this formative time of life in a way that just helps them be healthy, godly um, Christians at the end of it. So that's, that's been our heart, and we've seen God just really moving. Um, so we give him the glory for all of that. Yeah, yeah. I remember my first time going on to Bentley's campus and being a little intimidated, you know, back to college. And, and, uh, and I remember, remember going, and the reason I was there for the, fir- the first time was to do some uh, just video. We were shooting video of, of students who were about to be baptized, and we had a whole crew from Bentley uh, being baptized, and uh, so doing videos of them, and it was really a cool time, and just how many times we've been able to go back to the campus there, and to other campuses now, and minister has been really cool, and Ryan's leading that charge now, and uh, just 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 grateful for what God has done uh, there, but as you can start to tell, now we're starting to gain people as a church, and the church is growing, and we're seeing people, students, and, and others start to come to know the Lord, people at Washington Beach Housing Development were coming to know the Lord, uh, remember uh, Sherdane Carter was the first person there who came to know the Lord, we baptized her along with some college students, and then she became a little missionary on her uh, on her apartment complex and uh, running a food bank and all kinds of stuff. Now she's just awesome there, and so God's just been God's been faithful um, to just grow in the areas of, of influence that He's He's given us. And uh, we're at this point now; we're growing as a church. The seeds have been sown, but we're still kind of like a little sapling. You know what I mean? We're just somebody could step on us and we'd be done. You know, or the wind could blow hard enough, the rain, and we'd be washed away. And uh, we needed some support in this. And uh, God was, another area that God was faithful in was just giving us partners uh, to support us. We had our, our mother church, our sending church, Heritage in Princeton, that was on board and really stepped it up after we uh, were about a year or two into it. And God also just, through the North American Mission Board and our connection there, started bringing partners from all over the country. It was incredible. And uh, we had some stories to tell, and they were getting excited and really buying into the vision. And uh, we, we actually have a few videos they sent 
contest. And so we just want to show you some of these videos from some of our partners uh, who just want to let you know that they're encouraged and, and to congratulate you. So we'll, we'll give you some of these. Steve Robertson, live and in person, right? <laughs> you like those southern accents? And they come up here and we'd have people, uh, they, they, they show up to our church for the first time and they say, is everybody from North Carolina or Texas? <laughs> I said, no, 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 go talk to that guy over there. And I'd send them to like the wicked Boston accent guy, right? <laughs> See, we got people. And uh, so grateful for, for people like those guys investing in us. And uh, we, have, we have some more. And, and so we'll give you some more southern accents here. We love those guys, too, and uh, that's the only church I've ever been to that has a bowling alley. It's crazy. Everything's bigger in Texas. It's insane. And so, so sometimes I'll go away to preach around New England, but I'll also go preach. I preach at both of those churches, and uh, when I'm not preaching, I'm bowling, right? And so, uh, man, and I'll, I'll take a picture of a cacti, you know, a cactus, and show my son. He'll go, that's what a cactus looks like. Wow, cool. And so uh, now, now we'll go... Even bigger, bowling alley in that church in Texas. We've got this other church, and there are 36,000 members in massive church, Prestonwood, and we got a message from them. And so uh, one thing that you don't get to see is that probably about once a month in the mail, I get a stack of cards from people in their church, and they'll hand, handwritten notes saying, we're praying for you. They've sent them to uh, Ryan, to Kevin as well, and we're praying for your ministry. And so they're, they're praying for you. I mean, they really are praying uh, for you specifically, and so it's exciting. They'll shoot videos of us and put them on their screen in front of thousands of people every week, and and give updates on what God's doing here. And uh, so it's exciting. People are excited about uh, New England. And, you know, New England is the most unreached region of our country. And uh, this is the hub of New England. And people are excited. And it's cool to see how they're partnering. And so whenever you see them uh, come and visit and somebody you know, walks in with a cowboy hat and 
tight jeans. Well, I tell them not to do that, but if they, if they come in like that, you just let them know you're grateful for them and their investment in our ministry. And we have a few here today that have invested from the early days, as we've already talked about. And uh, one of the things they help us out with are finances for building, because that's always, you know, one of our top two, three expenses as a church. And uh, I remember transitioning from West Roxbury High School uh, and then uh, trying to find another building that uh, wouldn't swallow us whole and was cheaper. And I remember uh, uh, Peter Scow and I, and you guys know Peter, uh, he and I went and uh, went into this building to explore this building uh, up on the other side of the tracks, uh, the Boston School of Modern Languages. It was an Episcopal church, closed its doors, and we had the opportunity to take it from a church to school and now back to a church again. And so we went in, and we, we looked at each other and said, this place is pretty cool. Uh, this, is, this is good. And it looks churchy on the outside, and so High Church New England, that's kind of helpful. And I remember we were paying somewhere, you know, 36, you know, it was like 38000 37000 a year for rental for a building for four hours. It was just insane. And uh, we were just praying, Lord, we need some help here. And I remember the, the director of the school looked at Peter and I and goes, uh, what do you think, like $100 a week? Will that be all right? You do the math, that's $5,200 a year. That's a big, and Peter and I had a fight not to laugh and just so, yeah. We, we just tried to keep a straight face, and we walked out, and we were like, oh, man, yes, praise God, we'll do it. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a cool season in the life of our church, and so we were there for a few years before moving here, and then moving here, the rent went back up again, and so uh, we had some help to, to, to cover the cost here. So God's just been faithful in building partners, and and uh, giving us uh, space. Ryan, tell us a little bit about the, the transition from that building to here and how God just provided and what he did in our church family through that time. Yeah, uh, when I think back on those couple of weeks, it was so scary. And the one word that really comes to mind is urgency as well. So we had come to a, a place in our church where we had really outgrown that space, but at the same time, the, the setup and the teardown and the work that it took to get the space to a place where we could actually meet and it was so was so crazy so that was wearing down on our people and we were outgrowing the space so we knew we had to had to move on but uh the the ownership of of the space actually let us know okay flat statement we're not renting to churches any longer Um, so with that said we knew we had to move and it was scary and josh and i have vivid memories of us riding around in his car just praying through the city uh, on the phone for two weeks, just checking things out, meeting with realtors, nothing, nothing, nothing. Every uh, door we tried to open, every avenue we tried to walk down quickly just got closed. And uh, time, was, time was not our friend at that moment. We were getting to the point of being homeless as a church. And uh, it was scary stuff, and it was really urgent. And I, I, I had this... I had this, t- this moment that I, I just remember so clearly where I just thought to myself, there's, no- there's nothing else. Like, we've exhausted every option we can think of. Like, what are we going to do? And uh, I think like the next day, Josh called me and told me that the Lord had made, uh, made a way for us to meet in this, in this building. And I look back at that, and that's one of the pillars of, uh, of God's faithfulness in my memory of the last five years of church. It's just this moment when God provided for his people. He did it when there were no other ways or means. He did it in a fashion where we could only get on our knees and confess how good he is and how able he is. Um, one of my favorite passages is in the book of Habakkuk where uh, Habakkuk um, says, or God says to Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith. Yeah. And that passage has been such a, 
uh, such a cornerstone in my life. And then I also think to Galatians 2.20 where we're told that the life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and died for us. And um, I believe that God was teaching us as a church that very lesson, that we're going to have to be a people who, who live by faith, who uh, spend our time on earth trusting God. Mm. Even in times when it's scary and it doesn't make any sense and you're seemingly out of time and there's no way out of it, you just trust him. And that's what we did. We prayed. Uh, we prayed our faces off. So many of you guys did too, just prayer, prayer, prayer. And it's amazing. And that cost difference that Josh mentioned between the 5200 we were paying at the other building to thirty high 30000 to be in here just for a couple hours on Sunday morning, God, through all these partnerships, made up that difference this past year, just donations, just people loving, loving our church and making that possible. And we, we just look, look back and think, God, this is completely impossible, but you are so good and you are so faithful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was my sort of big memory yeah. of that time. Yeah, and I remember, I remember we kind of wrestled. I mean, sitting in the office and kind of wrestling with, do we bring this to the church or we just wait till we have a space, you know, because we don't want to throw them in a state of panic, you know, and, and, and then we said, no, we, we need to bring it to them so that they can be praying with us and they can also see the victory when God provides. And so we did that. And then we came down to two weeks away from being homeless and should we have brought it to the church? <laughs> Cause now we're all freaking out together and we just prayed and then we were able to come to you and say, look how God provided. And it was, it wasn't for you, for so many of us, just a moment of, wow, God, you're faithful, you know, and, uh, and just trusting him and, and I know you guys are not, he's not just blowing smoke. They, they trust the Lord and have seen his faithfulness. And I have this way about me where I'll say, you're hired if you'll pay your way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll give you a job. If you pay. And I did that to them. And, and uh, they've, they've jumped on and been raising support. And uh, our church has been able to take them on part-time. And then they raise the other part. Uh, so it's been, been cool to see God uh, being faithful there. And you guys really stepping out and, and trusting faith. And so uh, God has been so good. He's been so good in the life of our church. One of the other areas that he answers our prayers all the time is uh, just very specific prayer focuses each year. And uh, Krista, um, so we are praying for, for young families in the church. And you helped us out by starting to have babies, both of you. And so we're grateful. Um, and, and so give me, would you just give me a quick snapshot of over here and how blessed you are when you walk down this wing full of kids on Sundays? Sure. Um, just, I want to point out too, Becky mentioned, like, you saw our empty classroom. And it takes a special person and family to come into <coughs> a children's ministry with not a whole lot of kids and to get excited about it with us. So the Sunday that this woman, Christina, walked in, she had four children. <laughs> and you should have seen our eyes. Becky was like, there's kids here. So um, We grew by 400%. Yeah. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> the statistics. We're thankful that God <coughs> have put people um, that were willing to just dig their heels in with us. Um, And then now, of course, there's growing pains in the sense all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but seemingly all of a sudden, we were just praying specifically like, God, please bring young families. Please bring young families. And clearly that happened because you go to our children's ministry and they're not empty classrooms anymore. We were busting at the seams, which again is neat to see with the facility because the classrooms at our old facility never would have worked for the children's ministry now, so that's cool. And this morning, it's we know the women's retreat was this weekend. So logistically, it was challenging this morning with setup because there were more kids here during the setup stages than normally. And I had a moment of like, thank you, God. This is what we prayed for. Even yeah. the chaos, 
it was just our children <laughs> causing chaos, <laughs> I feel the need to add. But um, <laughs> just this is really neat. It's neat to see that as um, the songs end, they're ready. You don't, they don't even wait for Pastor Josh to say, like, or Kevin to say, like, all right, shake hands, go to your class. They're, like, booking it to the door. And that's neat. It's neat to see kids excited about learning about God. And um, it's just, even if you don't have kids, I encourage you to check it out. Go see what is happening over there because it is really cool. They are memorizing scripture and the seed is just being planted in their heart. And it is taking an army of people to help out with Mm -hmm. that. And so we're thankful for those who have kind of jumped on with us and have just had a willing heart to serve wherever. But um, so God has just continued to answer the specific needs of the church and the prayers that we haven't just been praying, but mm-hmm. you guys have been praying with us. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's faithful to answer specific prayers. We like to pray big, bold, specific prayers so that we can give big, bold, specific praises uh, back to the Lord who loves to answer our, our prayers. And another big one for us that we prayed for throughout a whole year as a church was young families, but also another year we focused on praying for diversity, that God would diversify our church family. Uh, that we would really reflect the neighborhood and really uh, live out and see lived out that Ephesians 2, the dividing wall of hostility coming down and not identified by our race or our ethnicity or our socioeconomic status or our, uh, even our faith background um, from before coming to Jesus, but really be unified around Christ and how he's just diversified us. And looking in this room, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, people from all over the world and, uh, and not just ethnically diverse, but uh, culturally diverse, you know. Uh, has been really, really neat to see and uh, creates unique challenges, but a challenge that we're, we're praising God to be able to have to, to work through. So God has just been, he's been so good. He's been building his church and we've seen uh, to date, uh, we've seen 63 people make professions of faith to say, I'm beginning a new relationship with Jesus. And, and so it's, it's amazing. We've sent some of those out all over the place. And I remember we had a season where we had uh, the colonel. We, we started praying for gray hair. That was one thing. I don't know if you know. Not on me. I was praying that God would send somebody with gray hair with wisdom and age and experience. And uh, we had a colonel from Hanscom Air Force Base show up, solid believer. And he was our missionary to the Air Force Base in the early days and started bringing people and leading people to Jesus. And we saw some of them come to know, come to know Christ. And we'd send them out to different places. And then uh, one, one lady in particular, Nicole, is now in Bible college and has a thriving ministry in, like, I think, Las Vegas to uh, people in prison. And uh, it's just pretty cool to see how we've, we baptized her and walked her through that season. It's kind of becoming a sending church as well. And uh, so it's neat to see all these people come to know Jesus. And you're living your lives on mission and uh, doing that uh, back in your neighborhoods and your workplaces and your schools. And uh, we're just thankful for you and how you've become a part of our family. Um, Here's what I want to do. I want to just kind of let you know where we're going moving forward uh, for the next year. Again, every year we have an annual prayer focus, and last week we had a a church family meeting, and we shared our our prayer focus for this next year, and so I just want to make sure you hear it, and then we'll get into uh, uh, some time of baptism and and celebrate that way. But our, our prayer focus moving forward into this next year is everyone reach one. Uh, that's something we just really believe. You know, if you're a businessman or woman, uh, you know that you have uh, quotas and you have reports you've got to give and you've got to stand accountable. But in the most important mission that we have, and that is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we don't like to hold ourselves accountable to that. And unfortunately, it's sad to say that I think lots of Christians go their whole lives without reaching one. And uh, I believe that that's a shame. 
And uh, that's our mission. That's what we're supposed to do. And so this year we're praying specifically that everyone who calls this their church home would reach one. And so what we're encouraging you to do is to pray uh, hard that you would reach one person. So we want to ask you to consider five, start thinking through maybe five people, and then God's going to lead you to three people out of that five that you've got some special connections with that God seems to be opening those doors. And you're going to pray for those three all year long, and then we're going to pray that God would allow you to reach one of those uh, for Jesus, with the message of Jesus over the course of this next year. Everyone reach one. It doesn't have to be them in one of our ministries. You can have your own unique personal ministry and your creative way of reaching them or bringing them to something that we're doing, but we want to just uh, pray together that we will all reach one this year. And uh, what we're going to do as a church is we're going to pray Luke 10 2. It's just an awesome passage, and we're going to put it on the screen here for you. Uh, Luke 10 2. And uh, here's, here's what it, it, it says. It says, and he, Jesus, said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And Jesus says, listen, there's a harvest out there, but we need laborers to reap the harvest. And you're the laborers. And so we're going to raise, as we pray, we're going to ask God to raise us up as those laborers and ask him to send more laborers so that we can reap the harvest. And so what we're doing as a church is we're grabbing our phones and we're setting an alarm on your phone at 10-2 every morning, 10-02. Let your alarm go off. Mine will be set Monday through Saturday. Not Sunday because I'll probably be up front here. But uh, at 10.02, my alarm goes off, and it has been all week long, reminding me. And we laugh because in the office, ours go off at the same time. We go, I guess we should pray. And we pray at 10.02 that God would raise up laborers for the harvest. And uh, we're doing exactly what Jesus called us to do. And so would you do that with us and and set your alarm? You can do that now if you want uh, to pray. Uh, Luke 10.2 at 10.02, we'd be grateful. We're going to see God allow us to reach one. Everyone reach one. Another thing that we're going to do is as a church this year, one thing that we like to do is what we ask our people to do, we want to do as a as a whole family, as an organization. And so, for example, if we ask our, our people to give to the ministry of the church, uh, the church then will give likewise, and we give over 10% outside of the church every year um, because that's what we ask our people to do. And similarly, we're asking everyone to reach one, and so our church is going to reach one as well. And over the course of this next year, we're going we're gonna to reach one community. We're going to really make it a point outside of the neighborhoods that we're reaching uh, to reach another neighborhood, another community and, and, and we want to plant a church. From day one, it's always been our plan at year five to start the process of planting another church and doing this again. Not that we would leave, uh, but we'll raise up somebody and send that, that family out. And uh, God has given us a person. You're going to meet him in a few weeks here. And uh, we're going to bring him before you and pray over him. And we're going to uh, have him work alongside of us for a year or so. And then we're going to send him out. And as a church, we're going to help them reach that community. And so uh, we're going to do that together as well. We're all going to reach one. The church is going to reach one. It's going to be an awesome year. And so there's your prayer focus for the year. And uh, thanks for sitting here. And uh, uh, the producer of The View is telling me that I got to cut here. So, uh, so we're just going to close up. I'm just going to pray. And uh, thanks for listening to the stories. I pray that you're encouraged. I know we've been encouraged by thinking about this. And um, let me pray. And uh, we'll kind of move on with our, our gathering. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for how you have just, you've answered the promise. You're faithful uh, to, to bring about what you've called us to do. And God, we pray that we would be a people who just see more and more and more of your faithfulness. And we'll give you all the credit and all the glory for the great things you do. Thank you for lives that you're changing. Some have already been changed and some are just in process right now and seeing you do a good work in them. And we just ask, Lord, that you would just continue to allow us as a church family to make disciples. And so, Lord, as we continue on, 
We want you to be glorified. This is your time. In Jesus' name, amen.